Experience the power of 5G with T-Mobile. With faster 5G speeds nationwide, you can upload your favorite videos super fast or game on the go. Plus, T-Mobile has more 5G bars in more places, so you can stay connected to what matters most from almost anywhere. Switch to T-Mobile today, the leader in 5G. T-Mobile has America's largest 5G network, fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data 5G speeds for Q4 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You know the old saying, selling like hotcakes? What does that even mean? What is a hotcake anyway? They should change it to selling like Hondas, because right now Hondas are selling faster than ever. Probably because they're so rugged, long-lasting, and fuel-efficient. And if you want one, you should get to your local Honda dealer right away. Check out the eight-passenger pilot, or maybe the adventurous Passport. But you gotta do it fast, because Hondas are selling like, well, Hondas. New models are arriving right now. Don't wait. See your local Honda dealer today. Support for the Boner Planet Podcast is presented by Dead Down Wind, Tinks, Shadow Hunter Blinds, Burris Optics, Dead Ringer, The Grind, Bomar Archery, Element Outdoors, Reveal Cellular Camera, HHA and HHA USA, Black Eagle Arrows, Cobra Archery, Camp Chef. Novix Outdoors, and caffeine support provided by Deer Camp Coffee. Hey guys, welcome to the Bowhunter Planet Podcast. Myself, Dave Thompson, Tim Mazzarana. We are just having some fun with our friend Blake Mallory, who wrote a book uh, I actually, I was going to let Blake tell the story of the book, what it's called and how to find it, but also kind of let's learn a little bit about Blake and this book and how he wrote it. Yeah. Um, Blake, uh, take it away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I basically, I wrote this book out of uh, just all my experiences, but I've been hunting in Michigan for a long time and uh, been traveling all over the place and um, started to do basically low budget hunts and figuring out how to put them together and being able to hunt certain pieces of property without spending a ton of money. Um, basically a long time ago, I, I watched a hunt on TV that was uh, supposed to be a glue collared hunt and it was a $13,000 hunt. And I'm like, there's gotta be a better way than what's going on. And uh, we started off hunting Canada <clears throat> every single year and it got brutally cold with a bunch of deer kill off. And um, we started venturing out and Probably about 12 years ago, I started to really do some research and uh, figure out how to do these out-of-state hunts and what to plug in. And uh, it just kind of took off from there. And after so many of these hunts, doing about three, four every single year, um, I finally started to put it uh, put it down on paper. And that's kind of what just got me into writing this book. Yeah, that's really cool, man. It's exciting. I, I always, you always think about like, oh man, I should write a book and, but you actually did it. So it's really exciting and awesome because I mean, right now I could literally write a book, how much I hate Tim. I mean, it'd be so <laughs> like pages and pages of dealing ten, with guys, at least sure. 10 different chapters. <laughs> no, but seriousness though, this, that is really cool. Especially, uh, and I, like you, you sent me a copy. I'm definitely gonna start reading it. I like I was telling you, I got a page in for the kids are yelling, which they're yelling out here. So hopefully we don't hear them, but 
Uh, I do see you said you graduated from GVSU, which I did go to for one year, just so we're on the same page. Yeah, and I then I ended up going to Central after that. But it was a good time, and Tim and I had a, had some fun down there. It was good. <laughs> yeah, I, I graduated Grand Valley with natural resource management and went to aquatic biology. Um, but, uh, yeah, COVID last year, you know, everybody had a bunch of time on their hands and whatnot. And I'd been kind of working on this for a couple of years, and I finally just locked down and, and busted it out and wrote it all. Started yeah, telling really cool. basically a lot of the a lot of the book is just basically my my stories about you know what I did wrong or what I did right and what I learned from it and uh, just kind of about how I go about putting together a trip from start to finish. Um, I the one thing that nobody ever talks about is how much an actual hunt costs. Um, you know nobody yeah. talks about the tag cost. Nobody talks about the travel. And I kind of break all of that down between food, lodging you know, where to save money, where to, where to actually spend it, where it's important, you know, things like your tag and your license, you're not getting away from that. You're going to spend that no matter what, but, you know, and then also talk about, you know, things of uh, how to apply a little bit on some of these out of state hunts and, you know, who to call. And I mean, I talk to DNR officers in all these states that I go to um, sometimes to the point where sometimes I bug them. But um, when you go out of state, you know, you don't know the rules. Like, you know, I've hunted Michigan my entire life. I, you know, stay on top of the rules and the rule changes every single year. But, you know, you go out of state, you're, you're a newbie. You, you, they, get, they do things a lot different. I think it'd be certain. costly too, right? I mean, if you, if you make a mistake and get busted. Oof. Yeah, and that's, that's, a lot that's of money. the thing. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, oh, with all these out of state hunts I do, I never want, that's the last thing I ever want to have it as an expense is uh, doing something wrong. But you know, some states you don't have to put the, the tag on the animal. You just got to keep it in your pocket. You know, there's different things like that, you know, certain check-ins states and stuff like that. But so are you a writer by nature? So and the reason why I ask is, is I'm actually, when, when I graduated college, I was a biology major with a, with an emphasis in natural resources in fisheries. So it sounds very similar to, to your degree, but I can't write a sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm by no means a writer. I just had these experiences that I had. And um, I was discussing a lot of this with my dad, I go on a lot of these trips with and he said it's about time you actually started writing some of this stuff down. So, um, you know, getting into the finer details of the stuff that people just don't talk about. And like I said, you know, a lot of it comes down to the money. I mean, I did I did a hunt where I shot one of the at the time, one of the biggest bucks on public land I ever shot and I only spent 280 bucks on the entire trip. Wow. Um, tag included, but that was back when Ohio was tag was a little bit cheaper, but I mean, there's a lot of ways to be able to go on a, an exciting, you know, out of state adventure without dropping, you know, three, four five grand, what most people expect when they go out of state. So what's been your favorite? Um, honestly, right now I'm kind of on a hot streak out in Kansas, um, going out there, uh, public land out there. And, you know, I really don't have that much. I mean, tag is, about 450 out there. So that's the majority of the cost. But from there, you know, I, I've got an Airbnb, we split with four guys and it's a hundred bucks a guy for an entire week. And um, I've been lucky enough to tag three really nice bucks out there the last three years. Um, but that's the other thing I kind of break down, you know, timing of the year and the seasons, you know, so like Kansas rifle seasons after Michigan's deer uh, gun season, um, you know, Ohio's got a bow season that goes to February. Um, so there's all these different opportunities that my season's basically extended by going out of state. And uh, so Kansas is probably one of my favorites. Um, although Iowa, I'm, I drew my tag this year. It's been three years since I've been out there and I didn't tag one last time I was out there, but 
I hunted out there for 16 days and it was one of the greatest hunting experiences I've ever had in my entire life. But um, yeah, so I'll, this year, I've, uh, right as of right now, I've got my Iowa and my Kansas tag in my pocket. So awesome. That. So what, what would you say, and it's okay if you don't want to give it away, the biggest mistake people make? Uh, you know, I, I would say the biggest mistake people make is thinking that, you know, they're going to go out of state and they're going to, they're going to see a bunch of bucks. They're going to see a lot of big bucks without putting in much work. And they think it's going to be a lot easier than their home state. And it's just, it, you know, it couldn't be farther from the truth. I mean, granted, you know, you, you go, you go somewhere like Iowa or Kansas um, or Wyoming, you know, you see a lot more game and you, you see, do see bigger bucks, but you still got to put the time in. You still got to do the scouting. You still got to be, you know, willing to bust your hump the entire time you're out there. And it's just not a, it's not a thing where I go and party. It's uh, you know, sun up, sun down. I'm busting my tail. And like last year, Kansas. Yeah. I tagged, uh, I tagged out, but it was on the last day at 10 30 in the morning. We were leaving Ooh. that night. So, and we hunted for eight straight days. Um, so it, it still comes with a lot of hard work. And that's something that people, they think they're going out of state. They're just going to, you know, you know, sleep in, stumble out to a stand and, you know, see four or five different bucks and pick which one they think is the coolest and shoot it. Uh, but when you, especially when you're doing it on a budget, now, if you, you know, some of those hunts that you're spending five, six, seven grand to do with a guide, sure. But no, I used to guide, I guided whitetail hunts and turkey hunts. Um, you know, I've, I've seen the big money come out of the pockets for, you know, for deer and uh, I just, I think part of my challenge that I enjoy is, you know, what kind of hunting experience and what kind of, uh, what kind of deer can I put my tag on um, without spending an arm and a leg? My wife basically a long time ago, she basically told me I can go on do any of these hunt trips as long as the money doesn't come out of her savings account. So <laughs> I kind of uh, taken that to the extreme and figured out how to go on three, four of these every single year and really hence, be dedicated to it. Hence why we started this podcast. exactly exactly i actually actually i was just saying uh tim i actually pulled my bear permit this year so i'm really pumped for michigan um and i didn't i was you know once i had it established in my mind then i started thinking about like what i gotta do for that you know and then the first thing comes to my mind is like oh i gotta hire someone to like work the land for me because i can't travel to the upper peninsula of michigan every week to put in bear bait and stuff like that right so that's like all part of the budget. Now I got to figure out a budget that's going to cost me to go hunt this bear. Just like if I would have pulled an elk tag, mm-hmm. I would have had to pay elk fees, right? To go have someone let me on their land, whatever the rules are for elk. I know that you got to have a guide or something. So, but you're right. These are things that you just don't think about. And then like today, it just so happens that I got, the, I found out today I got it. And then now we're talking about budget and all that. <laughs> I got to figure all that out. And, you know, I agree in the sense that some people do have to think through like every cost. I personally don't look at the things like fuel and all that because I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. Spending. But exactly. I can afford it. So it doesn't bother me as much, you know, but I guess like if, if, I, if it was somewhere I couldn't afford it, or I really did want to calculate the exact amount, it absolutely could be done for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, some of that stuff is what I go through. The older I get, I mean, you know, five, six years ago, sleeping in the back of my truck was awesome. Uh, now the older I get, you know, I, you know, give me a bed. I need a shower. Exactly. Uh, we did a, a muzzleloader January hunt in Ohio, stayed in the outfitter tent. Um, I've got an outfitter tent and, uh, you know, froze our tail off and didn't have a shower for five days. And 
you know, it was miserable. And I, you know, since then I basically said, I, I'd really like to have a shower wherever I'm staying. So, you know, some of those things comes with added expense, but um, even like down to, but what a lot of things that always happens that I always see on hunt trips is you go out of state and you've got, say you've got a couple of guys in one truck. And it always seems like, Oh, I'll grab this tank. I'll grab this tank. Someone always kind of gets screwed. And uh, you know, someone always ends up paying more and, I kind of have like little tips on how to basically even that out and lay that, that kind of stuff out going into it. Um, nice. You know, we, with the guys that I've been going with, we've been going so many, you know, we're, we're kind of setting our ways and how we do this kind of stuff when we're just used to it second nature. But a lot of that kind of tips and stuff is what I put in the book. Think how cool it would be. I don't know why just, this just came to my head, but like when you made the comment, like, you know, we were kind of set on what we do and all this stuff. What if, what if you took, you out of that picture and i put you in our hunt camp and like i left our hunt camp went in your hunt camp wouldn't that be an interesting concept like to actually move a hunter out of their their comfort zone uh you know what i mean tim like think about it, it. like that would be yeah. weird right but at the same i'd be time, happy to get rid of cool. you first of all but no, <laughs> it is it's like what was that one show it was it was um wife swap yeah, right, like one wife lived at somebody else's house for yeah, i guess you're right that is similar you kind of see the differences yeah. and the way that things are being done and well yeah you get kind of stuff i tell you, you get a custom room for improvement in our hunt oh god <laughs> there's, there's room for improvement in all hunt camps actually some hunters are pretty diehard so i give them that you know but the thing is I, i'm like a person who wants to do hunting and fun so it's like a mix for me i'm not always after the biggest buck i'm not after you know the and i mean it's obvious in my, my track record. It's not something I, I care too much about. I do love hunting. I love deer hunting specifically. And don't get me wrong. I'm like any other hunter. If I could see a giant buck and shoot it, I want to shoot it. But, you know, I don't know if I'm willing to put in that much work, I guess, is the problem. So I don't feel like I deserve it compared to, like, people who are, like, literally diehard. I'm the guy that's going to get lucky, and the big buck's going to come in front of me, and I'm going to shoot it. <laughs> well, I know those guys. For that's sure. going to happen to me. If I ever get one that big, but yeah, no, that's but a lot of that comes down to knowing who you're going with. You know, I got a certain group of guys. I know I'm going to go and have a fun time and we don't care if we shoot. Deer. You know, and you've got that, that aspect true. of the guys. And that could be so a I, hunt. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it could be just as fun as a hunt as where you go and everybody tags out um, or memorable at, at the same time. I mean, yeah. hunt, hunt trips are what you put into them and what you take away from them. It's, yeah. It doesn't have anything to do about the antler size. It's a good point because like this bear hunt, it's going to be all business, right? I'm not yeah. definitely going to have fun. I want to go and I'm, I'm only going with probably one other person. So like to get this done is like business. I'm taking off vacation days from work. I'm, mm -hmm. you know, this is like a serious thing in my mind. Like I'm not going to be drinking all night, waking up with a hangover. You know what I mean? Like I'm going out to get a bear and there's no nothing stopping me. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's a tag that took you some time to get. I know I, I didn't get my bear and I didn't get my elk. I checked today too and yeah, that's, uh, i'm that was my eight point so yeah okay. so that's it this is a reset after this so i, I yeah you know kevin put in for it. he had a uh, seven he didn't get it and i might hit eight or nine i think i had eight and then he uh um and we don't you know we put in for an area up in the upper peninsula that he has access to that he you know we have hunters that are live up there that we can bait, bait for us and all that cameras out but that's a good point like I want to get a camera on there now, you know, have them put mm -hmm. it out there with the wireless camera. Hopefully it works out there, but if I can get that to go right to my phone, how exciting would that be? Right. You start to see pictures of the bear pop in and know that they're there. That'd be yeah. Cool. And that, that's a difference of a tag that you draw over the counter every single year and a tag that you waited for and earned. Like my, my Iowa tag, it's business. I'm yeah. going out there. It, it's straight up business, you know, Ohio.
Experience the power of 5G with T-Mobile. With faster 5G speeds nationwide, you can upload your favorite videos super fast or game on the go. Plus, T-Mobile has more 5G bars in more places, so you can stay connected to what matters most from almost anywhere. Switch to T-Mobile today, the leader in 5G. T-Mobile has America's largest 5G network, fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data 5G speeds for Q4 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You know the old saying, selling like hotcakes? What does that even mean? What is a hotcake anyway? They should change it to selling like Hondas, because right now Hondas are selling faster than ever. Probably because they're so rugged, long-lasting, and fuel-efficient. And if you want one, you should get to your local Honda dealer right away. Check out the eight-passenger pilot, or maybe the adventurous passport. But you gotta do it fast, because Hondas are selling like, well, Hondas. New models are arriving right now. Don't wait. See your local Honda dealer today. I buy that every single year. I can haunt. It's right across the border here. I mean, I, I, I was haunting. I actually grazed a big buck on January 25th last year. You know, I wow, like taking... Good. I like, I like taking that tag at the end of the season. I means I still hunt it all the way through. So yeah, I mean, it just all depends on the situation. We went to a few years back, uh, Ron Rezzo and I, one of the other hunters went to a, we got invited to come to an outfitter in Ohio and it it cost us some money, but not a ton of money, but it was just like a, it was like a media deal. And anyway, we went for a week in the rut and we bow hunted and I never hunted more hard in my life than I hunted on that trip. And it was straight, even though it was like him and I, and it should have been, you know, we did have fun, but like, it wasn't like, like a hunt camp that like Tim and I go to, it was like, we were out there all day, every day. And it was miserable. I mean, it was freaking freezing. And I didn't want to like call the guide and be like, Hey, come get me, you know? Cause it was just like, <laughs> it was so cold. But at the same time, I felt like a moron if I didn't stay out there. I'm like this huge bucks on camera, like 180 inch deer. Yeah. And I can't, if I walk, if I leave to go out for lunch, that's the dumbest thing I could do. Like I just got, I'm going to have to man up and sit here all day. Yeah, and I did. It was sure, terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. Hunt a tree stand all day freezing. So when you guys, when you guys are going out, um, as a group, like to a new area, how do you guys decide who hunts where? Uh, well, it kind of comes down to who I'm hunting with and what, um, you know, I got certain groups of guys in my group who are, I call them, uh, um, grinders and finders. Uh, I got guys that are just all about being mobile, move, move, move. Um, and then I got guys who will, you, you show them one good spot. They're going to sit there for eight straight days, sun up, sun down. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a mixture of both of those, but it, it kind of depends on who, who I'm with. Um, the other thing I talk about is, you know, what kind of group you're going with. I break down, you know, basically who you're going with and how I like, uh, I like two and two. Um, I don't, three is always a third wheel. Anytime I'm doing these kind of hardcore, uh, out of state hunts where I'm hunting, you know, a piece of public that I've never seen before, or even a piece of private that, you know, I might've only seen once or twice. It, you know, it all kind of comes down to that, but you know, I, I like to videotape a lot of my hunts. Um, I've been videotaping Michigan Whitetail Pursuit and editing for them. And so, you know, that all comes into play too. If someone tags out, we're doubling up. We're going to try to video what we can. Um, so it really comes down to, you know, just who we are, who, who we're with. And, you know, going into it, I'm not going on a trip with someone who I've never met before. I don't know their personality because I think it might take a little bit away from the experience I have. You know, going with my dad is always a special event. Uh, you know, anytime we can have, you know, we shot two bucks together on the same day down in Ohio on a piece of property we leased and had only seen two days prior to that. So, 
um, you know, a lot of that comes down to who you're with and just figuring out the personalities that you're hunting with. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. So where, where, okay. So you've been Kansas. Where else have you been? Uh, Nebraska, Wyoming, North Dakota, Iowa, Ohio, and Indiana. Um, been doing a ton of scouting in Missouri. Still haven't pulled the trigger on that one yet. Uh, but I told my wife, I said, my goal is to either hunt or fish in all 50 States. Um, cool. so plugging away with that. I mean, I fished in quite a bit of States and I just did a pig hunt down in Florida this spring. Um, so just kind of chipping away, but deer, um, you know, Kansas is one I'm, I can't get away from right now just cause it's been so good to me. Uh, but I like to move on. Um, I think Oklahoma is one that I'm probably going to venture to here soon. But like I said, I like that challenge of something new and trying to attack something new and not getting too much into a rut. I got into a rut with a spot down in Ohio uh, a few years back and just kind of started getting overrun. A lot of guys and uh, it became not a, you know, pretty well known secret. And uh, so, I, so now I'm hunting different spots in Ohio and um, Ohio and Indiana are right across the border for me being in Southern Michigan. So I buy those every single year and uh, keep venturing around there. Where, oh. So where would you say that? So if I'm, if I'm going for the first time out of state, let's say Ohio, for example, what's the first thing that I should be doing when looking for hunting land to go to? Well, first thing is, as I always say, is read the rule book, cover to cover, figure out what you're up against and what you got going on there. Um, and then the other thing is, is so if you want to hunt public, obviously there's a lot of opportunity. You're going to do more work. You're going to, you got, you got to, you know, put boots on the ground or at least do a ton of e-scouting going into that. Um, a lot of times we go turkey hunting kind of as a uh, scouting tool um, earlier in the year for that. Um, but uh, basically the first time I ever did one was in Ohio and I emailed just a ton of outfitters, just nonstop, basically told them I didn't want them to do anything for me. I just wanted a piece of land for a week. And uh, I basically, they all shot me down for a long time. And then one guy finally reached out to me. He actually gave me a lot of insight. Um, these outfitters will lease a ton of pieces of property and they don't have any hunters that they run through there because they might be too far away from their camp. Um, they, they can't say no to leasing these pieces up because one, uh, someone else is going to lease it up and they're going to lose that opportunity down the road, but they want to try to get some return in their investment out of it. So typically a lot, any type of money that they can bring in for it, they'll take. Um, I had a, a late muzzler is a great example in Ohio. Um, muzzler is getting a little out of hand in Ohio, but if they don't have somebody booked up on a piece of property, you can uh, usually lowball them and, you know, they're going to get mad. They do. Um, and I, I basically, you got to be able to be flexible as well. So you got to be willing to walk away and I had an outfitter that I was on the phone with a couple of years ago and I offered him, you know, about half of what he wanted for a piece of property. And he told me no. And I told him that's fine. I said, let me know last minute if you don't fill it and I'll still be flexible because I'm going to hunt public land. Well, he ended up not even getting off the phone conversation with me and gave it to me for what I was asking for. So, awesome. um, and, and we ended up, I had, I had an opportunity at a drop time buck and uh, my buddy ended up shooting one on the last day. So, I mean, it, it ended up working out good, but, there's uh, you know, you gotta be flexible when you're doing stuff on a budget, you know, whether you're hunting, but you always gotta have public land in your back pocket, no matter what happens with uh, private land as well. So uh, Blake, tell us about your background there. You got a lot of nice bucks on those walls, man. Is this <laughs> yeah, so, like your whole lifetime? Like what, what we got back here? Uh, it actually goes, keeps going that way wow. over that way too. There's a bunch of Holy cow. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I, I used to do taxidermy. I, I was a guide uh, for turkey and whitetail. Um, once I got out of doing taxidermy, I started doing all Euro mounts. So all my Euro mounts are over that way. And um, it's just a lot cheaper. I actually had a guy tell me, he's like, would you rather spend 450 bucks on a mount or put it towards another hunt? And I was like, all right, you got a valid point right there. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, uh, I mean, I think those three right over there, those three down there, uh, Kansas, the middle one's my biggest buck. That one or the one right up here behind me was. Uh, Is that a drop tine on that one? Am I looking nope. at that right? No, I don't have any drop tine ones. No? I wish it was. Oh, there's a couple of these I have sheds from. That one's my Michigan one. From ah, okay. Year. Maybe that's uh, what I'm seeing. Okay. Yeah. That's his shed from the year before that I found. Cool. Yeah, that's a nice buck. There's so many antlers back there. It's hard to pick out just one, you know? Yeah. My, <laughs> I, my shed collection is all up through there. All up through there. That's cool. Last year's shed hunt was unbelievable. I ended up one of my best years. So I, I think that's it's great. all 35. How much land do you hunt on in Michigan? So I moved from Grand Rapids area um, to uh, Southern Michigan Sturgis area and I had nowhere to hunt. Um, and uh, basically I took what I do out of state and I applied it to Michigan, started knocking on doors, started talking to everybody I know. I ended up stumbling and kind of uh, squeezing my way into a lease with a couple of buddies that I met down here. Um, we really only have about 35 acres of uh, timber and then the rest of that is agriculture. Um, and then another one, I got a permission from a farmer who actually lets like 15 guys hunt it. Um, but most of them are gun hunters. So I actually took the biggest buck I've ever killed in Michigan, that one right there last year on that piece. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, uh, I really don't have that much Michigan opportunity, um, where I moved to, I kind of was set in my ways and all the property I'd hunted up towards Grand Rapids and then, uh, kind of got that ripped away from me. And, uh, so I just kind of been you know what about it. your uh what about your bow rig what you running this year uh elite ritual uh i got it uh two years ago or a year ago um and then also uh i i've been trying to plug away with it but i shoot a recurve as well um nice. i've hunted with it a couple of years and i actually shot my turkey on video with a recurve this year cool That's so, awesome. yeah that was the first thing i ever killed with a recurve We've been talking a lot about recurves lately, actually. Tim's been wanting to try one, and uh, we we actually uh, one of the guys on our team is real big into recurves and traditional. He's been bo- he's been bothering the crap out of us about starting a traditional area of our show, and so we told him we're like, listen, listen here, Bob, if you, if you want to do it, I'm willing to, but I'm a joke shooting the traditional. Like I, right. I traditional, I'm going to get called out in a heartbeat. I'm so bad at it. I yeah, mean, I, I've maybe shot a traditional, you know, a dozen times since I've been an adult. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, I, I hunted an entire year with it where I, I told myself that's all I was going to touch. I wasn't gonna touch my compound. Well, about October 25th, I grabbed my compound that year. Uh, traditional hunt is one of the hardest things and it's, it's, a it's a mindset. You got to be committed to it. And so. Now, did you have missed opportunities when you were traditional hunting where you would have had a shot had you had a compound? No, uh, I had, I did hit one really nice buck in Michigan. It was actually on October 1st and, uh, we tracked that thing for 400 yards and I would have oh. got it had I had a compound, it would have been a chip shot. Um, I mean, it was, it was 21 yards. I mean, I always say after about 20 yards with my traditional, it starts to get a little hairy, but, uh, 
Um, that's that's the dilemma I'm in right now. I really, really want to hunt with my uh, recurve in Iowa, but I do not want a 170 standing out at about 45 yards right. where my compound's no problem, but recurve, there's no way. Got to do the little belly crawl and hold it sideways, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, a couple of years ago, I shot a buck with my compound and then uh, I was like, okay, it was only October like 22nd. I'm like, I don't want to tack out. I'm going to hunt with my recurve. And I had a monster buck. He's actually a three-legged buck that the neighbors call tripod. And they've never seen him in the daylight. And I had him at 22 yards. Wow. And I didn't shoot. Uh, the main reason I didn't shoot was because there was a smaller eight and a doe right underneath me. And I thought he'd come closer. Whereas if there, those deer weren't there, I probably would have taken the shot at 22 yards. But yeah, so compound, you know, got a lot more confidence with that. That that ritual that I've been shooting is a really nice bow. Yeah, that's cool. When you go out of state, do you travel with a like a trailer behind you? I mean, I gotta imagine, like if you're going out of state, like if you're hunting in trees, are you using climbers or using ground blinds? Like what's your go-to when when doing those travel hunts? Well, it all depends. Like when I went to North Dakota early season, we had a couple tree stands with us, but mostly it was on the ground. When we go to Kansas, it's all on the ground. We um, I we made fun of my dad and my buddy. They brought climbers out there. I was like, what tree are you gonna put it in? They're you know, where Talk I shot my deer. Yeah. yeah where I shot my deer last year, there wasn't a tree for five miles. And, you know, but like when I go down to Ohio and stuff, yeah, we're pretty loaded down with tree stands. I, you know, I've got, I run a couple different lone wolves. Um, and uh, I always bring two, three climbers with me because I'll leave one and, and move depending on what state, because some states you can't leave it out. Um, but uh, yeah, it all depends on what I'm going. Like Iowa, it's just me and one buddy. We're taking two trucks. Uh, we don't know what kind of, you know, when we get out there, if we're hunting in the same area or stuff together, we'll ride with each other. But one of us might go north, one of us might go south in the morning. So we always bring two trucks there. When we go to Kansas, we bring two trucks for four guys. Uh, but I mean, the amount of equipment out there is very minimal with rifles. And we're basically, we're just putting 15, 20 miles on hiking every single day. So it all just kind of depends. But no, I've never really brought a trailer. Canada was the only time I really, really locked down. We brought trailers and stuff because, uh, we would bring quads and stuff on crown land. You'd be so far back. If you shot a deer, it was, it was pretty treacherous getting to know. Awesome, man. Well, I can't, I can't wait to read more about your tips and tricks. Uh, books called the non-resident hunter, how to destination deer hunt on a budget. So um, you said earlier, I think uh, right before we started the recording that they can find it on Amazon. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. And you can also, it looks like you get it for free uh, if you do the Kindle Unlimited. So some people might already have that it's zero cost to you to, yep. to read it. Um, and so that's an option or they have, it looks like a low cost as well to just buy it. So there's a, sometimes that works good. It's just like Twitch. If you're a gamer, it's free. You know, if you have Amazon, yeah. you get a free Twitch account, you know, you can sub for free. It's just like this Kindle idea. It's pretty cool. Thanks Blake. We appreciate your time, man. And uh, we'll just, let's catch up in the fall here after, uh, after opening day, see how we're all doing here. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, right, Blake. Thank you. Have a great night. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Can the Virginia Lottery have your number? 
In the lottery's new game, Cash Pop, you play one of 15 numbers. You can play up to five times a day. You can win up to $2,500. Cash Pop from the Virginia Lottery. Play the one that speaks to you. Drive to your closest retailer. For odds and more information, visit valottery.com. Get 30% shorter average wait time. When you buy and book your appointment at discounttire.com, you can get 30% shorter average wait time in the store. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of.